in a general perspective, 2022, 2023, people don't have patience. The world is changing so fast. You can't plan a strategic plan for like seven years ahead. It's irrelevant. Welcome to the Strategy and Leadership Podcast, the podcast that brings you practical advice, lessons, and stories from senior leaders and thought leaders from around the world. The Strategy and Leadership Podcast is brought to you by SME Strategy, working with organizations around the world to create and implement their strategic plans. To learn more, visit smestrategy.net. And now, your host, Anthony Taylor. Hey there, folks. Welcome to today's episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. Today, I am joined by Tagil Green, who is the Chief Strategy Officer at the Bank Hapoalim. Tagil, how are you today? I'm good. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Likewise, I'm. I hopefully we won't have too much of a delay because I know you're in. Well, you're in Israel right now and having a coffee late at night, which I appreciate. Uh, why don't you start, tell our listeners a little bit about you, uh, how you got involved with the bank, and and what the role of a chief strategy officer is, and then we'll get into our conversation. Perfect. So, starting from now, going back, I've been with Bank Apolim for about a year. I'm rather new. And we can talk about that later. Uh, I've been doing strategy for almost 15 years. I started as a young consultant when I was 25. And uh, I did the consultancy for like a decade. And then I was headhunted into a direct insurance company, followed by the bank. It's what I've been doing for quite a while. I live in Israel, right close to Tel Aviv. Uh, I have three boys, rather young. And uh, that's it, I guess, in a nutshell. That's awesome. So uh, you've been with a bank for a year. You've been in strategy for 15 years. What occupies most of your time other than the three young boys? Uh, what occupies the most <laughs> of your your working time as a chief strategy officer? So actually, Banco Polim has had a very interesting and intensive year during 2022 because about a week or two after I started working for the bank, we started a five-year strategic plan with McKinsey, which we uh, only finished completely and put the stamp on by the December 2022. So it took us quite a while. So for the year and a, ba- a bit that I've been working for Banco Polim, that's what I've been doing. It was very intensive. And... Uh, um, currently, I guess being practical um, is the leading way to look at it because what we did was we took a very high-level McKinsey plan for five years ahead and started putting it into pieces, into initiatives that we can start working on right now for 2023. And then now what we are trying to do is figure out how does 2023 going to work while Already, I'm starting to think about next year because things take time. So <laughs> I guess that's mostly my time. Absolutely. So uh, I'm curious because, you know, when we do strategic plans, you know, they can take a day or two in an offsite. You know, sometimes it can take several months with a McKinsey level plan that is thorough. You know, you've brought billions of uh, I don't know, I should know the Israeli currency. So I apologize. I won't even reference it. Uh, you know, what goes into all of that work? to make sure that you have a good strategic plan from your perspective, not necessarily from McKinsey's perspective? I guess uh, Israelis have, uh, uh, I don't know, A, very practical, and B, maybe a bit blunt. But uh, when we do a strategic plan in Israel, and I know because I have worked with uh, 
global firms uh, previously, is we are, we tend to be very practical, even sometimes a bit too much. So when we do a strategic plan with McKinsey, I think what we took from them uh, that they did extraordinary uh, is a very, very large scale benchmark. They had a team of, I think, 15 people from all over the world, each responsible, yeah, each responsible for their expertise, depending on the uh, bank's perspective and product. I should say Banco Polin is a global bank, is a universal bank that has a very large variety of products and uh, millions of customers, the largest bank in Israel. And then we needed to create a strategic plan that can address each one of the products for each one of the customers in various channels, because we have branches and we have digital and we have uh, a call center and we have not so good a connection between all of them. So mm. it was a complex project. So going back to the question, we did a very thorough benchmark, took as much information as McKinsey could give us on the decisions that we need to take, finished the part with McKinsey with um, rather a high-level strategic ambition, a list of strategic initiatives, and then we said, okay, we need to take it to the next level and did, McKinsey called it a BUP, the bottom-up planning process which then we took the strategic initiatives and kind of broke them down into a work plan, which is what the bank is doing right now. I hope I answered your question. (laughs) Yeah, you know, absolutely. And I I think about it because obviously you've seen like many organizations. We talked about SMEs and obviously like Bank Hapolim, you know, largest bank in Israel. It can be very complex. And if you are very blunt and direct, it can be very simple and when I talk to some people about, you know, we facilitate a two-day offsite to create, you know, the formations of a plan minus the bottom up, it's like, okay, two days is kind of the minimum where some people are like, oh, we have a day, we have half a day to create a strategic plan. Meanwhile, your plan took a year, but it needed it because you needed to do the market research. You needed to set the benchmarks. You've got, you know, so much money on the line. You've got stakeholders, you've got digital transformation, you've got cross-cultural impact, you know, all of those things needed to be considered. And so, I kind of more than anything wanted to highlight the um, complexity that a strategic plan can take, but then also the the potential simplicity, depending on how you want to approach your organization. So there's not one size fits all. So I guess my next question is, in your 15 years of experience, what have you seen in the gamut of strategic plan creation strategy documents? uh, If this is more complex, what else have you seen? And maybe what are some of the key ingredients for you of a good strategy? So I guess your question was uh, um, straight to the point because it really, really depends on the organization that you work for. So if I take examples from, and also I think the time, because I'll put, let's divide the answer to two. First, in a general perspective, 2022, 2023, People don't have patience. The world is changing so fast. You can't plan a strategic plan for like seven years ahead. Mm. When I was a, a young consultant, we had a very um, large-scale Israeli, uh, it was an ex-military company, big one, never mind. So we did like a five-year plan and renewed it every year. But it mm. was also always five years ahead. And when we started this project, our board of directors asked us, how long do you want to plan? Some said, let's think a decade ahead. 
Some said it's irrelevant. Let's talk about two years ahead. And we kind of negotiated into the like five year ahead, four or five years and said, okay, that's good enough. Because some of the uh, complexity and the range depends on the field that you work for. So for banking in Israel, four or five years ahead is good enough. Mm. So if I'm thinking about what is the range of a plan, first thing I think we need to think about is the how long ahead are you planning? Because if we thought that we started thinking about banking like a decade ahead, it would have been completely different what our conclusions would have been and what we wanted to do. So if we think about, I don't know, like tech organizations, you can't plan for three years ahead. You need to plan like a year ahead. That's a lot. And also the second part of the question is the complexity of, of the strategic plan really depends on your organization. So if you have like a tech company, as I said, it could be short. Banking is very long-term and it depends on the project. It depends on the need of the customer. I can tell you that in 15 years of strategic planning, I had maybe uh, the project with Banca Polyam was but the longest and the most complex. I had um, assignments, I even call it not even a strategic plan, um, through a strategic plan that we needed to do like a specific question about like an insurance company that wanted to come to um, get a better service for its customers. We invested like two months in that and that's mm -hmm. it. It was a very uh, capable client. He understood what he needed to do and he did a very good job, but very fast. And I have to say, I haven't ever saw a strategic project that could have ended in a day or two. That's maybe, uh, maybe fits like smaller organizations. But then I think maybe strategic consultancy as we do it is also not the best fit for the question. Because then you sit in a room, you say, okay, what are we going to do for the next year? What's our goals? It should be smaller and simpler than what I have in my head, I think. Yeah. So I guess I'm summing everything up. It's like, how long a range are you talking about? What kind of field is your company working for and how fast does it change? How many products or customers or lines of businesses or um, distribution channels do you have? That's also a good question. But what's the main basic goal that you need to address? Because if it's like a big question, where are we going to be? How do we prosper? How do we um, achieve growth? That's like a big question. But if it's a more specific question, like how are you going to um, approve our service for our customers? Then you have like a smaller project that you need to answer, usually smaller time, shorter time. Yeah, absolutely. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I think it's, you know, obviously the, the one day, two day isn't all of the work because it's the meeting, the agreement, but then you have all the data yeah. analysis, the synthesis, yeah, the market research, the understanding. Um, but I think that this is so appropriate. And what I was thinking about as we think of the bank specifically is, is the layers. So if we take an onion is that you have the surface layer, but to get to the core of, you know, what you're trying to drive, you need to work through all of those layers successfully. So if we take the bank and the workers bank, you know, for the workers, the oldest bank in Israel, over a hundred years old, you know, I, I can only imagine that the mission of the bank is central to everything. So you have to make sure that the product lines current and future are meeting the needs of your, of your people people and your constituents, you know, without giving away any of your plan or any of the secret sauce, what was your approach to make sure that your stakeholders were represented, that you had the voice of the customer uh, throughout that process? And again, just to highlight that I assert you're mission driven, but just to give you an opportunity to kind of 
talk yourself up for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So first I, I do want to say that um, it's actually yesterday that we have publicly announced our strategic plan also to stakeholders, to our uh, investor relations and to the public. So uh, if, you have, if we have done this podcast two days ago, I would have to be completely zipped up. But now I can talk about not every ingredient, but basically the plan and what it involves. So this is actually very good timing for this. How do we... Uh, look, I have to say, um, again, it's like everything depends, you know. But I, I think um, the banking sector in Israel has a problem of service or it gives not good service as it should while other sectors oh doesn't it while other sectors have progressed a lot in service also healthcare insurance telecom very good service banking is kind of lacking behind so if we um, think about our customers i think the first thing we had to think about was service it was so out there so obvious that we didn't need like very complex customer service to understand where the problems are sometimes the, the answer is simple and all you need to do is say okay i i understand the answer is simple of what, what i need and the question now is how or how do i improve the service so i think that was like the easy part the more important and more complex question was who of the customers and we want to give better service to and how because if you think about it, it's like a complex metrics like we call it a, we call it the cube it's a cube of three dimensions the customers like different types of segments the products and the uh, distribution channel and then if you try like think of like a rubik's cube if you try to like sort out the, the, the cube like by colors you know, okay, who's the segment I want to invest in, right? You started doing that. Who's the segment I want to invest in? And by investing in them, what does that mean in distribution channel and for which products? So let's take a specific example. Easiest would be affluent customers, which are our better customers. Or they have more money. They have more products. They have more potential for income. And then you say, okay, what do, we, what do I do with them? What do they want? Do they want to go to the branch? Or maybe they want to talk to me on the phone. Or maybe digital is all they need. And then you start saying, okay, but for which product? Investment products globally, not just in Israel, are basically you can do everything online, but still most people want to talk to someone. Money transfers, nobody wants to talk to anyone, right? It's just do it digitally and leave me alone. So then you start putting up the pieces on which customer is more important and by, but which way are you going to improve their um, service? And then comes the hard part, which is making decisions on what you do first. Because you can't do everything. Uh, one of, uh, I can tell you, one of McKinsey's uh, uh, gaps that they have uh, identified was digital sales in Israel in general, not just Banco Poly. Still, we are not as good as the leading benchmark globally in selling products, banking products online. But if we start developing each product online, it would take the bank's technology division four to five years, but that's irrelevant. So we need to choose. Choosing is hard, <laughs> but we did. <laughs> so uh, I think service um, 
as the major topic that we need, we understood we need to do better, choosing which customers and which product and which distribution channel do we want to give better service at, and then starting prioritizing to be practical on where do we start this uh, very long journey of giving the better service for our customers. Hey, Anthony here. One of the things I don't talk too much about on the podcast is what we do at SME Strategy. So I wanted to let you know that if you and your team are thinking about getting together you know, this winter or even in the new year for strategic planning, that we'd be happy to have a conversation to see how we might be able to help your team walk through the strategic planning process and make sure that your people, your strategy, your culture are on the same page. One of the most exciting parts about the work that we do is being able to lead people through a proven process to help them get to where they want to go. If you're interested about that process, our video about it on YouTube just hit over a million views. So be sure to check that out. Let us know what you think. Uh, but most importantly, I wanted to let you know that if you are looking for somebody to partner with your team to support everybody in getting aligned, moving forward towards a clear set of goals and objectives, and really making sure that you have the foundations for that next stage of growth, that we can partner with you to do that. Whether that's through an offsite strategic planning session or you know follow-up support services to keep you accountable, to help your team grow and develop, or really to lead a full transformation. So if you're interested, check out smestrategy.net. You can check out our about page, our services page. It'll tell you more about how we do things. And I'd be happy to have a conversation with you to see if we're a good fit to help. Thanks so much. I appreciate you listening to the podcast. And now let's get back into the episode. Oh, I love that. I think it so like it's like a simplified, you know, saying, hey, what is the problem that we're trying to solve or the end point that we're trying to look at? And then like in strategic planning strategy is about choices. You can't do everything for everybody. And I love the analogy of the cube because if you move one thing, it impacts all of the processes and systems. So that's why we say like strat strategy top down, bottom up, because the work isn't creating the strategy. That's easy. Uh, easy air quotes. It's the aligning, the operation system, and then the psychological change of everybody that's been in the bank. And you might have people that have been there 40 years who've been doing things a certain way. And now you have to say, no, we're doing it this way now. That's the hard work that's not as easy as writing a report because it's the hearts and minds. And it, it creates a lot of work. So I think we got good timing yeah. on your strategic plan. I'll have to review it, but I'm curious to see how you are thinking about that or approaching. <laughs> yeah, I think those it, changes. it was published. Uh, it was published on our stock exchange uh, website yesterday morning. And I do want to say another thing about that. Actually, two things. First thing is Israel's regulation on banking is quite unique in its uh, very specific involvement and very. Uh, instant response that the regulator expects. So even if we plan very good on how our tribes, we work agile for the bank technology, how our tribes are working and how are we going to plan or what are going to develop first and what next? Most of the times we get very uh, annoying interferences because we need to replan all of our work plan to fit into this uh, regulator's uh, requests. And the second thing you talked about was organizational culture which is something that we deal with a lot. Hmm. We have a mix of people who have been in the bank for, for uh, a little time, like myself, like a year, um, combined with people that have been there for 30 years. It's a traditional sector in its basic core. And then we need to think about 
how to um, align everyone on the same objectives and get them on board and with us when we try and do all the changes that we're talking about. That's quite a challenge. Um, I think we did a good job for that this year. And I myself have been have met in person over 1,500 employees of the bank for presentations talking about our strategic plan. Yeah, I know it's crazy. Uh, talking about the strategic plan. It started off by whoever invited me. I said, okay, sure, I'll come and talk about our strategic plan. And when it started kicking off, I said, okay, let's do something very organized. We had like an agenda and I met every division in the bank, starting from 10 people to 300 to 400. Whoever invited me, I told them, no, let's going to do it very orderly. And I met everyone and talked about our strategic plan. So we all be in line and on the same page on what the bank needs to achieve. That's very, very important for a organizational culture and for getting everyone on board. I, I love that. And at, at least the internet tells me you've got around 5,000 employees. So, you know, CEOs out there, if you're complaining about doing a town hall once a quarter, imagine the amount of work it takes to, to get in and buy in 1,500 people. But one of the things that, that is sticking with me is saying, if you're committed to service, if you're committed to driving that value for the customer in those various segments of the customer, you really have to make sure that everybody's bought in because the service starts at the front line. It, it's so critical. And that, you know, just the amount of work that it takes to, to move an organization of that size towards a new direction um, is really impressive. You know, as, as we begin to wind down here, I just have a question culturally because I'm not, I'm not familiar with it. So you mentioned in Israel, you know, people are very, call it blunt. And I can imagine in a historical context, you know, one of the oldest, call it civilizations or communities, you know, that have a lot of historical practices baked into it. Are there, if, if for people that are doing business in Israel with Israeli companies, is there something that they should consider um, in terms of the culture? So in Brazil, people are very agreeable, but might not necessarily follow up with it. And in Minnesota, people are also nice, uh, Minnesota nice. Uh, in French, you might get overly rude. I'm French, I can say that, but you know, I love all my French people. You know, <laughs> uh, how, how does the, the and it's complex, bureaucratic, et cetera. What is the business culture uh, expectation in Israel for people to be successful when they're dealing with either Israeli companies or, or, or individuals from Israel? And this is broad strokes, by the way. I'm not trying to throw you under the bus. Just genuinely curious. No, no, go. It's it's completely okay. Um, look, it's it's funny that you ask that because usually what we try to do is the other way around. We try and be um, wind down ourselves a bit to be more uh, polite when we talk to people. That sounds bad, but I'll explain. Uh, I'll give you an example. I was sitting in um, an HU of a global company in Switzerland with, I think, 20 people from all over the world. And the, the lecturer was speaking with very heavy French accent, very low volume. No one could hear a word he said. And everyone was sitting quietly and politely and didn't say anything. And 10 or 15 minutes into the lecture, the only one that says, okay, I have to stop, stop you. I'm sorry, I can't hear a word you say. Please speak up and slowly because we can't understand. And everyone in the room started laughing and said, of course, the Israeli person would do that. So why am I saying that as an example? Because, <laughs> because I think if you do business in Israel, basically um, you understand that you need to, uh, basically you get your answer straight in the face. Decisions are made quite fast and quite 
on the go and in the process. There isn't a long planning time. We don't take things to the back and think about it for a week and call you back. You get it like on the go. And for most people that's from the, the, all over the world, that's quite a change. Mm. And for us, that's common. I had uh, during my time working for direct insurance, we did, we started a, a innovation hub. It's called GDHTLV with a, a Japanese partner, um, Mitsui Samitumo Insurance. That's a very big insurance company in Japan. And Japanese have a very specific culture and Israeli is a very specific culture. And the mix wasn't simple. But after uh, a year of talking over Zoom because they had COVID and they came to Israel to live here and do the uh, open innovation projects here, like um, balance. Why? Because they learned, we learned to be more patient, talk slower and wait for uh, answers to arrive. And they learned that we will give them the answer straight to the face. <laughs> we talk fast and we um, uh, always say what we think, even if it's a, if it's a bit blunt. So um, I think in most cases, it's a good thing. It's very um, straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes we need to take it down a bit. Uh, it's, thank you for that very, um, well, blunt and direct uh, assessment of it. <laughs> What would I expect I was, any less, you know, but I think it's important. So, of course, all leaders need to be aware of the cultures, implicit or explicit that they work in as a consultant. You know, we work across Canada and the U.S., and I won't say that the culture varies drastically, but I will say, you know, East Coast versus West Coast, there are different proclivities. And I would take someone's direct blunt and speed over passive or passive aggressive any day. So I'd be right up there asking for them to be louder. So don't worry, you know, and I'm a Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm nice and diplomatic, but I think it's, again, matching your systems, processes, and structure with your client needs. And, and I think everything that we've talked about is not only uh, from a need of doing business, but also culture perspective, is that the bank evolves its processes and systems for both its customers, as in the people who do banking, and their employees, who are the people who drive the banking, you need to be aware that everything matches. And I think that You've got a good task on your hands to drive the plan forward. So I'm excited Most to definitely. see how it moves forward. And uh, if you're interested, I'd love to have you back on the show in two years and you can tell us uh, what's been happening. So, uh, Tegil, where can people learn more about you? Where can they, we'll drop the link to the strategic plan in the documents. Where can they learn more about you, learn more about the bank? And if they want to uh, do business in Israel, I guess they can <laughs> learn more. <laughs> so first of all, I'm on LinkedIn and I would more than appreciate any question or concerns. Uh, please, please do. Uh, about the bank, we have an English investor relations presentation that came up just yesterday, as I said, uh, talking about our strategic plan. I have to say it's very exciting after a year of working on it to get that baby out. So uh I strongly advise whoever is interested to look into that. It's not in much detail, obviously, but it's interesting. And I think what's also interesting is that um, most banks on the globe are trying to address almost the same issues. And also, I think, multi-layered complex organizations as well. And as I say, God is in the details. So it's always into the sector, into the specific initiatives that makes the difference. Awesome. Well, 
I appreciate you uh, just sharing, you know, behind the scenes of what it takes to, you know, move an institution like a bank forward, especially one that has the history of yours and in a complex, you know, digital transformation, service-oriented world, air quotes, post-COVID, the amount of work that it takes. And not only that, to successfully drive organizational change with, you know, four and a half, 5,000 people is not insignificant. So, just thank you for being here. Toda uh, Raba. Uh, I don't know if I said that. I'm sure yeah, my accent could be better than that one. But, perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I really appreciate <laughs> you being here. Thanks for sharing, Tagil. And uh, I wish you nothing but the best because uh sounds like you got a, wor- a lot of work on your hands. But thank you for being here. I just so appreciate your time and, and energy sharing with us. Thank you very much. Folks, my guest today has been Tagil Green, who is the Chief Strategy Officer at Bank Hapoali in Israel. You know, one of the things that I'm taking away from this conversation is that right-sizing your strategic plan creation and implementation so that you have the right timelines, you know, understanding the Rubik's Cube of interdependencies and prioritization. You can't do everything with your strategic plan. And also relevance, timely relevance, cultural relevance in everything that you work on is critical as you think about leading your team forward, whether it's a domestic or international kind of structure for your plan implementation. So I hope you learned a lot. I invite you to check out that plan because you can never learn less. You can only learn more and uh, to learn from the best. And then the other thing that's actually cool is, you know, as small and medium-sized businesses, large businesses, you don't always have a benchmark. So in an industry like banking, you know, if you have other banks, institutions of similar size, you know, take advantage of the data that's out there so that you can know what to measure against, but also recognize you are your own entity. And so you have to make your own benchmarks for what good looks like for you. Anyways, I appreciate you being here. Appreciate you watching. Uh, this has been the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. My name is Anthony Taylor. Visit SME Strategy for more on strategic planning. And I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. We post twice a week, so you can count on us for your weekly source of content to help you grow and expand as a leader. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please consider giving us a review. We read every single one, and it helps us make a better show for you, the listener. Also, it helps more people find the show, which means we can help as many people as possible. We appreciate you listening and following along, and we hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. And as Anthony says, until next time.